0: Vineyard Podcast, helping you love Jesus, grow together, and give back. I'm Pastor Kathy, and I have the privilege of serving as your host today, and I'm here with Pastor Abraham, the founder of Christ for India, a national ministry with over 4,500 churches throughout the nation of India, right? Yes. yes, ma'am. <laughs> and they've also started uh, many children's homes, schools, sewing centers for women, and a community center, yes. which I'm excited about that. So Pastor Abraham is here for Light Up the Night for India, our missions fundraiser, happening tonight, and we're excited about that and partnering with you. Uh, and Pastor Steve Huffman, hey everybody, is also here, and uh, he's going to add, you know, brilliance to our I conversation I don't know about today. that, but I think brilliance is. A good I've had word. the opportunity
1: to hang out with Pastor Abraham, so I, I've heard a few new stories, and so I'm just even more invigorated about uh, this podcast.
0: Yeah, we're excited. We did a podcast with you uh, previously two years ago, and I have to tell you, it was one of our most popular podcasts.
2: Well, I'm so excited to do that again, then. (laughs) I'm
0: excited as well. So we're going to talk not about uh, light up the night, not necessarily about what you do and all of those things. We're just going to talk a little bit. I would like to talk a little bit about what the last two years have looked like for you. Uh, Very difficult years. They've been um, challenging here. I am confident it has been much more challenging in India. Um, to deal with COVID and to deal with some other things. So I would love for you just to tell us just a little bit about what the last couple years have looked like even in the last nine months or so.
2: Well, COVID has really changed everything. I believe that the world will never be the same and more so for us uh, in the nation of India and uh, more so for us even in the ministry, but I believe in the middle of all that, the only one thing that will not change is Jesus Christ and His work. Yeah. And that's what we have found. We have gone through so much of hardships, including me also being affected by COVID. Uh, that were, that happened, you won't believe, the day after Christmas last year. And I was pretty careful with people were. And I have never thought that my people, my pastors, when I was going through the COVID, you know, they they said to me, "Pastor, even if something would have happened to us, it's okay. But we want you to be alive." That hit me so hard. Mm. I said, "No." They said, "No." You know, if, if if something happens to me, it'll be only my family. But imagine if something happens to you—that's this family of of tens of thousands of people, 4,500 pastors and families. But I could never hear somebody say that. But they did, you know. And of course, the churches were shut down, and uh, the government was in a real terrible mess. Didn't know how to handle a country with 1.4 billion people, you know. And uh, the first wave, that's when I was affected. And then comes the second wave. Which was worse. Which was worse means, you know, like the city of Delhi is the capital city. And you won't believe that the people dying on the streets, lack of oxygen. There's no oxygen. There's no oxygen in the hospitals. And uh, stories, you know, heartbreaking stories. And uh, I lost twenty three of my pastors, mm. you know young guys, they're not old people like me, and by the way, i'm sixty eight years old for people don't see me not
0: old.
2: and so I'm talking about between thirty and forty years old, you know father of just kids you know eight, ten years old, and burying one after the other which is heartbreaking, mm. you know and, uh, I have. I thought that I've gone through lots of hardships before. The last two years that showed me what I have gone through before was nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing compared to what we went through, but we are still going through, because it's not over yet. It's more than, uh, uh, you know, um, 20,000 cases even now, and even after all this, but they built Lots of oxygen plants. It's almost like the same story, you know, shutting the gate after the horses run out. Hmm. You know, the same story. And uh, our pastors, you know, our funds started draining out because people were worried, our donors were worried about their own, you know, survival. And I don't blame them. But I just want to take this opportunity to thank the Vineyard Church because you rose up to the challenge that we were going through. Because one of the problems I had was our pastors got to the place you won't believe about 1800 pastors and families were starving. I mean they were getting to starvation. Like in the next three days later there's no food under the table. So I said to them you know I don't want any of my pastors to storm. I'll do anything, sell, you know, do anything um, to, and that was the time that you rose up. And I just want to thank you, thank you guys, and you have given, you know, generously, sacrificially. There's no words to explain the timely uh, gift that you sent, that I, that we were able to just pass it on to those pastors telling them, here, food packets. May not be the greatest food, but there's some food on the table so that their children were not starving. Yeah. And uh, so we, we, sometimes we thought we may not make it. Sometimes we, you think in the natural, it may all fall apart, but we are still, we are still intact. You know, yeah. the churches are all doing well. Pastors are all still there. And we are looking after their families. And um, like when they were all in the hospitals, we were, we were sending money that we didn't have to make sure that, you know, some or other they will make it through. But many did, but 23 of them couldn't. And uh, so, but we do take care of them. You know, as you know, that Joyce runs a Widows Fund. She calls it Naomi Fund. And uh, I Joy's said, your, keep, uh, Joy- "Joyce is your wife." Joyce is my yeah, wife, and she, by the way. Yeah,
1: and she yeah, started this ministry. Yeah,
2: started the ministry almost ten years ago because she felt that pastors who have been killed, yeah, because of the persecution, and uh, she said, "How about we take care of their wives?" So that's it began. But now, when the COVID came, we are adding, you know, the yeah. the why the widows one by one every day, and uh, but. She's doing a good job and uh, we're looking after them. Good. I care for
0: them. So I have a question. You've been a Christ follower for many years, many years. How many years?
2: 47 years.
0: 47 years. And so you said this is one of the, there were challenges before, but this is one of the most challenging things. Did you, in the midst of that, did you learn anything different or new about God in the (coughs) midst of that and your relationship with Him?
2: I got closer to Him than ever before to begin with. And uh, I was in the hospital for 15 days. And then nobody can visit me up there. Hmm. And uh, just reading the Bible and praying. That has to draw you closer to God because that's all you have, you know. I think I read the whole Bible in three months' time. And uh, prayed a lot, and uh, I don't write much. You know, I, I don't preach with notes. I just open the Bible and I go on. And, <laughs> and uh, so, but God started to give me so much revelation. One day I said to Joyce, my wife, give me, a, give me a book or something. Let me start writing. Otherwise, because my memory is not working that good. So I started writing. And, you know, a book full of revelations. It's not just writing anything, you know. And one of the things that really hit me was uh, what Paul challenging uh, the Christians in, in in the Corinthians? He says, "If you put your hope only in this life, you are the most pitiable of everyone in the world." That hit me so hard. I preached that so strongly mm. about this life, you know, and. Uh, So, you know, I had gone through, as I said, I've been beaten up several times. I've been left in the bush unconscious. Uh, They thought that I was dead. Otherwise, they would have tried to kill me. They tried to drown me in the river when I was baptizing the people. And God brought me through all that. But it's all pretty close to death sometimes. But God's hand was upon me. And I thought that was the hardest times. But now I realize it's not just my life, my struggle, my suffering. Right. The hardest thing was to see my people suffering. It just breaks my heart. When I hear somebody just died, know, I'm a kind of a pretty tough guy, you know, I don't cry that easy. And I always stand... You know, strong in the middle of challenges. But uh, I said to Joyce one day, my wife. I said, you know, I'm just losing my strength. I said, I'm, I'm just not courageous anymore mm. because it's. So I feel like I'm falling apart so easily. But I felt in my heart, just it's a good thing that has happened to me mm. because I really, I really love my people. I, I love my pastors, you know, they, they also saw that I'm not somebody sending some money from somewhere for their needs, but uh, my heart goes after them, you know. One pastor was calling me, his wife is dying, right? And she is gasping because she doesn't have enough oxygen, the oxygen level is going down. And she he calls me, and his wife is dying in front, and she said, she said, uh, see, sometimes they call me f- kind of father kind of thing. That pastor. And they said, my wife is just dying. She's looking at me and saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. I said to her, hold on, hold on to her tight. Hold on to her and tell her everything is going to be okay. And, and I'm boring my eyes out, you know. Mm. And they're far away, they're about, more than 1000 miles away from me it's almost my own sister my own my own daughter you know and uh, well covid has taught us a lot of lessons yeah you know we went through a lot but uh, the one the good thing is you realize that jesus christ is still with you you know and more so when you are absolutely hopeless You know, your hands are tied. Yeah. And uh, you're not able to watch people struggling. And I think I have learned a lot. And um, I love them more.
0: Yeah.
2: And the good thing is they know now I love them so much. Maybe they didn't know that before. They thought only I just give them some money, Mm. you know, raise some funds and give it to them. But they realized, no, 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 he loves us. Yeah. And I uh, thought so that's a good thing I learned from COVID, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing to learn.
1: One of the uh, as I've listened to some of these stories and others over the last couple of days, just compared to the last time you were, you were here two years ago, Yeah yeah, um, just, just the thought of resilience. Uh, not only did you deal with COVID, but there was a time at which, because you have an engineering school as well, mm-hmm. that the the local government or the state government believed that one of your buildings was over its property line and came in sort of unannounced to tear the building down.
2: They did. Uh, part of the building.
1: Part of the building. And so you had uh, more things to deal with than just COVID. That, uh, the leader of the engineering school who we met uh, a number of years ago when we visited... Uh, passed away from COVID, so it wasn't just pastors.
2: He was like my son, you know. He's from a, he's from a Muslim background.
1: He stayed in your house. Yeah,
2: they they wanted to kill him because he became a Christian. Yeah, he got into a train with no tickets, traveled two thousand miles, got to my home. Hmm. So I kept him as my son, you know. He's like my oldest son. He grew up and. He's a genius, you know, like he has got so many degrees, he's got doctorate, and he's got this, he's got doctorate in engineering, and he's got a master's in business administration. He, he's a real genius, you know. I got him married, and uh, he was in a, you know, one of the top positions of the telecom department in Dubai, in United Arab Emirates. I told him one day, you have done enough for the world, come over and help me. That's how he came, you know, and he took over the engineering school and got COVID. The thing is, he had two, both the jabs of, uh, you know, yeah. this, uh, what do you call that? You Vaccine. Know? Vaccination in Dubai. He got the Chinese one. He said, that's the best you can have. Well, didn't anyway so he yeah. got the covid
0: yeah, yeah. and S- passed away
2: struggled for 45 days you know i i tell you today i never prayed for anyone like that in my life i've never prayed i'm crying before god day and night i said please give him to me lord please please the last moment he went because i couldn't go right they said that they won't let me go there
1: yeah, so your son, Ranjit, so, yeah. Ranjit
2: goes there. 11.30 in the night, because he's his, his elder brother, and he he takes a picture, you know, it's kind of a little video of pharaohs. He's almost going, you know. And he said, I can't, I just stand there and watch him. And he said, I can't believe that he's he's going to be gone, you know. And then within half an hour, he was gone, you know. And uh, I couldn't, yeah, what do I say? I couldn't bury him. I demanded that I will do the funeral because the government has got the stipulation. You have to take them to a certain cemetery and they've got some people there to do it. And I went to the guy and I said, I don't care what you do, I am burying this guy. He said, okay, I know about you because fortunately, the people in Delhi know me. So the guy who was kind of a priest, he said, I know so you can do it. Yeah. And I prayed him. Well, you know. I cried all the way. So, anyway.
0: Just... So let me ask a question related to that. Just I think it would be helpful for the people listening. You said you prayed and you prayed and you prayed. And you never prayed harder. And God didn't answer that prayer. So help help us, all the folks who are listening. Like, what do you do with that?
2: Well, it's just like David, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm not upset with God. I'll never be upset with God. I would never say that God did not hear my prayers. And like David was praying and praying and praying for his son, and his son died. Right? And they were so frightened to go and tell him that your son is dead. And uh, when he died, we hear that Just David got up and he said, well, he won't come back to me and I'll go to him. See, the same thing, you know. So people don't need to get upset because to our expectation, our prayer is not answered. But God says, no, no, that's not the way it is. I wanted him to come. So it's God's plan. So no matter how much you pray, it's not going to change God's plan that's not what the prayer does so I, I believe in the middle of all my my sadness and sorrow i believe that uh, can i tell you something you know it's just kind of a private but i'll say anyway so i was devastated right yeah and i wanted to know why he took him
0: yeah
2: and that's one of the questions I've kept that will be one of the first things I'll ask when i get to heaven so his his daughter and his son were there. His wife couldn't make it. She was there in Dubai. So as I came out, you know, we are buried him. The daughter came and held on to me, and she said, "I want to say something to you." Okay. I said, "What is it?" So he, she said, "A pastor there in Dubai had a a dream. The dream was about Pharaohs." Okay. So it is like the dream was, God and Pharaohs were talking to each other. So God said to Pharaohs, so what would you like? Would you like to stay back or would you like to come home with me? Hmm. So he said, Pharaoh says, I want to come home with you. So God said, why? Why do you want to do that? I didn't know this thing. He was not very, his wife and children were not very happy with him because they expected things from him which was not what he thought was a priority. Put it that way. And he says to God, I don't think that people here, my family needs me that much anymore. So I would rather be happy with you. This is the girl. She didn't know the implication of it, that his dad went because of you, people. Right. But she was telling me. Then I got the answer. He wanted to go. I could not have stopped him. Yeah. And I thought, well, he's in a better place where he wanted to be peaceful. Yeah. He always used to say, even when he was here, he wanted to stay with me in my home, he's happy than being with his wife, nagged him, fought him. He wanted, she wanted money all the time. You know, that's what matters to her. Anyway, so coming back, our prayers were answered one way or the other. So nobody needs to get, anyone who is listening to me, never ever blame God because the prayer was not answered the way that you wanted it. But our prayers will always be answered. And according to God's plan. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's good.
1: Well, be, before we move off that, you, your resilience through COVID, through all the—because you kept in contact with us. Um, we've been praying for you mm. along the journey, helping where we can. But you've provided uh, really context for us that where we are in Indiana, it's just not so bad. Uh And so you encouraged us at times that were hard here to continue to press on towards a a good fight, wherever it was, as we were moving forward with a community center uh, in the middle of our town when everything was essentially shut down. uh, I think part of the reason we pressed forward, at least in the back of my mind, was it's really not as bad as they yeah. have it in India. Yeah. So why shouldn't we move forward? Perspective. Right? Yeah, it, yeah. It gave really good perspective. So thank you for being resilient. Uh, thank you for trusting Jesus and being a model for someone as a leader who says, no, Jesus is still on the move. Let's follow what the Father's doing and go.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, I believe that we are just one family and we are partners. and. Uh, what you have, we may not have, but we, what we do have, you may not have. Yes. So it's almost like sharing with each other, you know? Oh, and that's yeah. how it works out. And um, you have been a great blessing for us. It's good to hear that we have been some or other blessing to you. Yes. yes. So that's, that's just wonderful to know that.
0: Yeah. So I had.
1: Uh... You've got like a thousand questions. I
0: have... I don't a thousand. a thousand probably not a thousand. I have one more. So you talked a bit about the engineering school was bulldozed. Um, it really, it was a it's it was an issue of persecution because uh, they're Christian school. From what I understood from conversations with Ranjit, um, but also you had pastors who were put in jail um, and they were accused of uh, pros. Uh, I can never say that word, proselytizing, proselytizing yeah. yeah, sharing Jesus, yeah. right? And uh, and then you also had a pastor who was killed uh, not very long ago. Yeah. And um, that kind of persecution is not what uh, we live with here. And as I have thought and prayed and just been aware of the things happening and wanting other people to understand that um, one of my questions in the back of my head is, so these because I know the spouse of the gentleman who was killed took over the church and she uh like I wonder in my head how is she just not afraid you know is she and and I would hope that if I were persecuted for following Jesus that I would continue to say yes and I would continue to push forward and I would continue uh to to do that but but I wonder I have wondered does she live in fear or is there peace in that and I just would love to hear you talk about that. It's very
2: interesting because I remember I'm going back like before I was ever beaten up. Right? You always wonder how would you respond? Right. You know, will you fight back or whether you will give up or that's what you think until it happened once. So here I was beaten up, thrown into the bush, a bunch of people screaming over me all I could hear was because I was going unconscious kill him kill him kill him right okay then they left me and uh, that's a long story but I know you don't have the time to go follow through the whole story but anyway when I got up nobody was there I don't know what happened why they left me and I had a headache you know For about two years, because they hit me so hard on my head, Mm. and uh, but at that time, God put a verse in my heart. Uh, I've read that, that is when when Peter and John were beaten up. It says in chapter five of the book of Acts, at the end we see that they came out of the council, just beaten up, body throbbing with pain, and it says they were rejoicing greatly because God counted them worthy to suffer for him. That's the verse. Yeah. And that came on me. And I want you to, I'm answering your question, that something happened in my spirit. Just no more fear. Hmm. Because I was worried about what will happen when somebody's going to beat me. It's all happened now. Same thing with these wives. You know? There is, when I talk to them, you hear so much of courage. It is not that the husband was killed. You know, he's dead. And now, is she going to shut her door and stay inside the house? She said, no. Everyone said, I will carry the torch or carry the vision that my husband left behind. Mm. And that's the story of every, every case. You know? Uh, sometimes you think maybe everyone should die so that others will be so, you know, so courageous. You know, that's the way it feels. Mm. And there's a new courage and um, a new strength comes in their life. And, uh, and the more I've been beaten up, the stronger that I got, you know? and that doesn't mean come and beat me all the time but right. when I, that's
0: not an invitation no it's not right. an invitation
2: and uh, so it really strengthens the people to answer your question yeah because not fear actually courage comes in that place
0: which is the opposite of what I think the world would think yeah. would happen yeah. or the opposite of what makes sense to happen yeah but I like that verse in Acts that God would count you worthy uh, yeah yeah, that's good. That's good. That's helpful.
1: So if you were to say, so since we don't deal with that level of persecution here, uh, as the church matures uh, through COVID and uh, w- what we thought was hardship, what would you say to the to the Vineyard Church, the, the folks listening, as they process what happened the last two years, as they look forward, to maybe different forms of persecution coming to the church, whatever that looks like. Uh, What would you say uh, uh, from your perspective to our church about that? You know what?
2: I believe that these are the good things that have come out of COVID is we are able to see our life in a different perspective. Yes. I think that is a good thing. You know, like some, you know, I'm talking about Christians. We get carried away. We made some money and we are hanging on to that. You know, we are successful in life and we put God in the back burner. And this thing, this COVID said, nothing can protect you. Nothing in this world can protect your life. Only God can. You know, your money, your fame, your ability, nothing, you know like I don't know about here, in, in, in India film, movie stars dying left and right, politicians, you know it's not that they couldn't make it to the best hospital it's not that all the doctors are there people just died everywhere and I believe it is a wake-up call for every church including the Vineyard Church I think if we don't wake up at this time, we'll never wake up. And I believe this is God's call for every one of us. Forget about persecution. you know, being beaten up or somebody throws a a rotten tomato on your face. Well, what's a big deal. But this life is so temporary. That's what we should remember. This life is so temporary anything could happen to me or you anytime so live a life pleasing before God make it count that's what I want to say to my dear friends make it count my dear friends every day is so precious you cannot say well I'll think about it next week next month too late COVID says it's too late so love God Go to church, man. Worship him the way that you've never done before. Mm. Don't just stand behind your wife when she lifts up her hands and, <laughs> and praying and praising and you are standing there as if kind of a bodyguard. No, she doesn't need a bodyguard. God wants a worshiper. I believe that every man, every woman, every child become a true worshiper of the Lord. And I think that should happen. I believe that every church should be revived. You know, the worship should be so vibrant. Mm. Every preaching should be so striking. You know, the pastors that come up with some revelation of, of what God can do in our life. I think that's happening. Yes. And uh, I believe that will happen to you. Uh, you've got a great church. But it's going to get greater. Mm. And it's going to be amazing. And that's our prayers, you know. When I say we pray, we're lots of people. You know, my wife, Joyce, leads the prayer group. 10,000 women pray every day. That's a lot of prayers, my dear friend. And you are included in that. And God's mighty blessing will be upon your life.
1: Well, we receive that.
0: Yes, we do. I think, I, I, like, I'm not even sure what else there is to say after that. That's pretty good. Thank you. How can we pray for you? What's the best way for us to pray for you? Just
2: think of me and my family. We are in the front line, Yeah. as you know. Just like the pastor said, you, sh- you should not die. You cannot die, Pastor Abraham.
0: Mm.
2: You know, it just hit me so hard. So just remember me, Joyce, Ranjit. You know, my kids pray for the, us, God's divine protection. Well, I've got nothing else to do in this world. All I've been doing is serve the Lord. Hmm. So if I drop dead today, it's not going to make any difference to me. I'll go <laughs> home, right? But it could be I suddenly realized people need me. I remember Dr. Cho, the pastor of the largest church in the world. He passed away last month, a very close friend of mine. We have eaten together, we preached together and all that. He put his hands on my chest one day about eight years ago. He said, Abraham, hundred years for you. I looked at him and said, you can keep it. I don't want it. He said, no, no, I'm serious. He said, India needs you, my friend. The people need you. So keep on, hold on to the torch. So I'm not asking you to pray for the hundred years. (laughs) I'm going to be praying for a hundred. But pray For, for for me. That I can be a blessing to yes. my people. Yeah, absolutely. We can do that.
0: We can do that. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much for being here now and for being here tonight for light up the night for India. And so, Team Vineyard, we hope you enjoyed this podcast and we look forward to seeing you this weekend.